<laughs> Hi. Uh, welcome back to Affair Care. Um, this is the little Affair Care series um, on our basic concepts. Uh, this whole month we've been going over our basic concepts to s introduce a new program that we will have coming uh, about October 1st. Uh, 90 days to save your marriage and save you. Uh, if you know if if you're kind of interested in the program, uh, go ahead and shoot me an email at affaircare@gmail.com or uh, ask a question in the uh, the podcast or the the blog. Let me know that you're interested. But meanwhile, we're hoping to have a little page up soon uh, so that you can express some interest, and we would appreciate you know interest uh, knowing you're interested. So. Um, if you've been following along, uh, you would know that uh, we've been going over our basic concepts. Uh, if you uh, have never, you know, heard about our basic concepts, you're joining us for the first time maybe today. Uh, I would suggest visiting our very first podcast. It's called Intro Basic Concepts. Uh, but to, to briefly recap some of the terms we use and things uh, here at Affair Care, we think that love is a choice and it is an action. It's not a feeling. So, um, you know how everybody says, like, uh, oh, I've never felt like this before. That's not love. I'm not sure what it is, but it's not love. Um, <laughs> love is when you make a conscious choice to choose to treat someone in a loving way. So, um, we think of uh, the love in, in a marriage sort of envisioning like a campfire. In the, the campfire, uh, there are actions that you can do that will, you know, add to the fire, make it grow, make it hotter. Uh, these uh, actions are called, we call them love kindlers. And then when we describe the, the kindlers, um, we call, we use the term commitment because you're honoring your commitment to your uh, spouse. Then on the other side, there are actions that you can do that will put out the fire. We call those actions love extinguishers. And um, when we are you know, naming the kinds of love extinguishers, we use that term neglect because you are neglecting the uh, commitment that you made to your spouse and um, you know, you're putting out the fire by your actions. So uh, some examples of uh, uh, love kindlers, I, I used physical <laughs> commitment and everything yesterday. So today let's use financial commitment because our two most common ones that we hear from people all the time is, oh, he only wants me for my body, right? That's the physical commitment. Well, and then the guys, oh, she only wants me for my wallet. So financial commitment would be meeting your spouse's need for financial security, providing for your spouse, and uh, contributing to your family in a positive way for the, to the finances. Um, maybe as an example, a good example actually is just don't overspend. If you guys agree to a budget, stick to it. And you're contributing positively to your fi family's finances. Okay, the, the, the reverse of that one, the extinguisher on that one, the financial neglect, would be um, where you are uh, maybe you, you know, long-term unemployed and you're not even really trying. You don't care that you're unemployed, so you just let your spouse do all the work. And um, they're working themselves to the bone. Um, maybe you're... Um, you know, you agree to the budget to their face, and then behind their back, you go out and overspend, and then hide the stuff in your trunk. This is a financial neglect, and it's you can see that's a kindler or an extinguisher that would really put out the love in your marriage. So, th that's some terms. Um, this week, we are going over the steps to ending an affair when you've discovered that there is an affair, 
and then uh, next week to end the month, we're going to be going over how to reconcile after the affair has ended. So um, during this week, we've gone over you know the first step: gather evidence. You know you have that suspicion that something's wrong. Here's what you can do to gather some evidence and to just find the truth. Uh, find out if it's you know just you know maybe it is you and you're being crazy, or you've got proof in your hand. No, there really is something going on. Okay, if that's the case, then you you know you, you we go over the next three steps sort of all at once because they go together. Uh, steps two, three, and four are C, D, and E. Confront, disclose, expose. So first you would confront your spouse one-on-one, -on -one, just like they like we're told in Matthew 18. Um, you go one-on-one -on -one to the brother, you tell them that they're sinning, you ask them to stop. And if they listen to you, you've gained a brother. Um, if they won't, then you go and, and with one or two people, and we suggest, for example, maybe um, a parent or your pastor, that kind of thing, and somebody they're going to listen to that they look up to, and you and that other person, you go and you ask them to stop again, um, and let them know that, that it's not okay to continue their affair, and um, then like, just like Matthew 18, if they listen, you've gained your brother. But then the last step says, if they still won't listen, you take it to the church. Now, in this instance, we don't mean, I don't think it means, you know, stand up in front of the church and make this announcement, hey, hello everybody, my wife's having an affair. What we think it means is go to the elders, go to the, um, like a little bit large group, people who are going to be affected if there's an affair, if there's a divorce, and expose that there is adultery going on. Don't call it uh, there's a friendship, there's, there, you know, no, don't sugarcoat it. It is adultery, call it what it is, and expose it to those who would be affected. Uh, yesterday, we went over the, uh, the fifth step, which is uh, carrot and stick, which, I'm sorry, I hate that term. If anybody can come up with a better term, let me know. I would love to hear something better, a better term for it. But for now, we call it carrot and stick because it's uh, you're, like if you're riding on a donkey, you want them to go forward, so you hold the the, the carrot, dangle the carrot in front of them, and they kind of keep trying to move forward. Um, and in the meantime, in the other hand, you have a little stick, and you're kind of uh, like slapping their flank to get them to keep moving forward. Um, in the carrot and stick phase, you are going to uh, you know look at the log in your own eye. Uh, sort of uh, begin to work on whatever it may be that's in your own life and don't worry about them let God worry about them for a moment you're gonna uh, start to you're gonna stop the extinguishers that you you know have been doing you're going to on the reverse side start up the kindlers that you kind of stopped doing before and present to your spouse that you would be uh, an alternative that that uh, to meeting and would be able to meet all their needs but then likewise, with the stick part, it's using the scripture for what it's used, what it's for, <laughs> for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Use the scripture and then stand out of the way and allow God to correct them. And don't cover up the adultery by calling it something it's not. It's, you know, it's just the stick is like standing out of the way and allowing them to learn by the natural consequences of their choice. Uh, sometimes an example of a natural consequence would be you're not going to use marital funds to pay for a cell phone that's being used to promote adultery. So 
marital funds no longer cover the the cell phone. If even if you have to cut off your own cell phone, that's okay. And your cell, and then just pick up with you know a new contract with just yourself. And if they want to commit adultery, they have to figure out a way to pay for their phone. Does that make sense? Natural consequences. You're not punishing them. You're just standing out of the way and letting some of those natural things occur because they chose to go with someone else. Um, and today we are uh, moving to the next step. And uh, actually I'm going to cover two at once. These two steps are consequences and Step number seven is legal separation. Let's first talk about step six, which is consequences. In this step, you write the disloyal, uh, your disloyal spouse a letter, and you explained that you love them. You admit the things, you know, the log in your own eye. You admit the things that you did to contribute to the uh, state that your marriage was in prior to the affair. You indicate what you've been doing to end those things and what you've been doing to start the love kindlers again. And then you say that unless they end all contact with the other person and never ever contact that other person again, that you need to end all contact with them. The idea uh, behind this step is to give them a more realistic taste of what divorce could be like and how painful and hard it will be and how costly it will be. You want to give them a taste of what it will be like to not have you in their life. Um, you, you also want to give them a taste of what it will be like to not have two people meeting their needs. In other words, they will have to only lean on this affair partner to have their needs met. And in the most polite way possible, you and I both know that the affair partner is going to have trouble because they're not a person of high moral character. They've demonstrated, the affair partner and your spouse have demonstrated they're willing to lie, they're willing to cheat, they're willing to betray, they're willing to harm others for, the, for their own selfish good. The affair partner has demonstrated that they're willing to cheat on someone if they're not happy. So if everything is on them, the full weight of it, there's going to start having love extinguishers between them. So they can no longer depend on you for like little household chores. They can't blame you for the day's events because you're not in touch with them anymore. Um, on our website, we do have some sample consequences letters. Um, and uh, I'll uh, give you the link really quick. But for some practicalities, uh, if you do have children, one of the more common things that a female disloyal will try to do is wanting the loyal to do things for the children. And I'll give you a great example. Um, they'll. You know, they've left the house because you didn't leave your marital home. They're in a, a little uh, apartment, uh, or they've rented their own little house in the bad part of town or whatever. And then they'll say, um, you need to come and mow my lawn because the kids don't have a, a, a lawn to play in. They left you. <laughs> so either they have to figure out how to mow their own lawn, or they need to get their affair partner to do it or something and see how that's going to introduce a love extinguisher because now the affair partner actually has to actually do stuff. Okay, the um, 
getting back to the, the link, I'm sorry, I, I uh, had to look it up. It's affaircare.com slash articles slash sample consequences letters. And I'll put the link in the um, in in the post here, so if you need it, uh, you can go and look at the, some sample consequences letters and kind of get a feel for how to write your own. Um, okay, if the your disloyal calls, and uh, as a loyal spouse, and you're on you know no contact, um, you've you've gone dark. I call that. Um, then I would suggest that you you can answer if you wish, and you say something like this. Are you calling because you're ready to end the affair? Oh, you're not? Then please respect my wishes for no contact until you're ready to do that. Goodbye. Click. Okay? Now they're going to huff and puff and sputter and be all pissed, but that's okay. They're upset because they're having to feel the consequences of choosing to commit adultery. Um, on all email attempts, don't worry about it. Just if you have, you have an intermediary, that's the ideal thing. Forward emails to the intermediary. Okay, uh, an intermediary is a person that, it, if there is an emergency or something, you, you let your uh, sp uh, disloyal spouse know. If you do need to contact me for some sort of a thing, go to the intermediary. The intermediary will be able to contact me right away. And usually, the intermediary person would be uh, maybe you know maybe it's your sister or your brother, um, you know, somebody who's a, f a friend who's willing to do this. Um, it can be anybody that agrees to do it. Um, so some people, in, in, in ex instead of doing an intermediary, will have like a little notebook that their children carry. And it just goes between the houses, but it's not to write notes to each other. It's just to say the child has a doctor appointment at on Monday at 2 p.m. with Dr. So-and-so. And that's it. Do you see what I mean? So do what you've got to do there. Um, when they try to contact you, have a little spiel ready and say that little spiel, just something along the lines of what I suggested. And then keep the focus on uh, ending the affair and recovering the marriage. So it's I understand you don't want to like be in touch with them, but it's always, you know, are you calling because you're ready to end the affair? Oh, you're not? Well, uh, call me when you are. Goodbye. When if, if they ever do call and they say they are, then fine, perhaps discuss it at that point. But if they're not, it, don't get caught up arguing about it or secondary trivial issues. Just say, I'm going to hang up now. Goodbye. And don't listen for them to say something. You know what I mean? Don't pause. There you go. Okay, so undoubtedly by this point, um, life is not going to be that great for the disloyal. Um, they are persisting in doing what they know is wrong. And so they need to have somebody in their life whom they can blame for everything that's going wrong. Um, if you, as a loyal spouse, are um, you know staying in touch with them, what they'll do is they'll work it so that you are the one getting the blame. Um, this is uh, extinguishes love for you, but it also um, gives the disloyal spouse sort of a, a place to displace the blame rather than looking at themselves and at their own choices. So this is why it's uh, necessary to go into a time of no contact in order to maintain that little, you maintain the little bit of love that you still have remaining for them and they have the opportunity to take personal responsibility for their choices as soon as possible. Now some people never go there but you can't, you know, that's not something you can control. This gives them the best chance to go there as quickly as possible.
Uh, again, in this state, uh, there are occasionally affairs that just die the natural death. Um, you know, the other affair care, the affair partner's spouse starts screaming and yelling, the affair partner throws him under the bus, the affair dies. Uh, periodically, the disloyal will let you know that they are willing to leave and, and to work on the marriage. Um, and at that point, some substantial damage has been done, but I would, you know, invite them to return and give them the time to prove via their actions that they mean it. Uh, if this is the case, you know, count yourself blessed and start heading toward recovering your marriage. But if it is not, we'd move to the final step, uh, which I'm going to just take a moment to, to go over here, which is step number seven, legal separation. The final step that we'd recommend before divorce is a legal separation, and here's why. Uh, to be blunt, many affairs do die a natural death within two years. I'd say, I think it's like something like 97, 98%. Um, so if, as a loyal spouse, if you can like hang on for an amount of time, there's a really good chance that eventually your disloyal will just be, you know, the affair will just die, and they would at least consider returning because all of a sudden they're free and they have nothing. <laughs> so the tactic with legal separation is that... Um, you kind of stall the, the, legal the legal process of divorcing by legally separating, uh, but this also protects the family assets and the loyal spouse and the children from further damage. So um, this we, thus we do recommend the legal separation. Uh, we suggest, if, if it gets to that point, we suggest a minimum of a year of legal separation because uh, during the separation, you're, as a loyal spouse, you can continue on eliminating love extinguishers and reclaiming love kindlers and things. But this also gives you time uh, to, to attend marriage counseling, uh, to begin to date your disloyal spouse, and gives your disloyal spouse actual time to prove to you that what they had been choosing and that, that they've changed, basically. You, you'll need to see, uh, since there was so much substantial damage done, there's going to need to be some time taken to like demonstrate via actions what, you know, how things have changed and things. And so thus we recommend the year of, uh, of legal separation. Now, uh, a lot of times disloyal spouses may push for a quickie divorce in an attempt to sort of legitimize their affair. Um, but uh, if nothing else, a legal separation would give all the parties involved a chance to sort of uh, recover from the emotional roller coaster, to uh, to have the chance for the affair to end. Um, once the affair is actually over, then it's conceivable they they may the a disloyal spouse may still decide that they would rather be apart, and you know you can't stop that. But at least at this point, if you've legally separated. The step to divorce is just one more, you know, it's it's sort of one more easy step. Um, but likewise, if you've legally separated and they decide they want to work it out, again, with the legal separation, you have the time and the protection, uh, legal protection, for your family assets, for the children, for all that kind of thing, um, and the time then to uh, prove that the rebuilding and the reconciliation is, like, um, trustworthy and you can move forward with that. So, um, that is the last step on ending an affair. Uh, after that, 
one way or another, the affair is over. Either uh, the affair ends and they reconcile and you're moving into the steps of, of recovering your marriage, or the affair is over due to divorce, because once you're divorced, they're single and free to do, I guess, whatever people do that are single. So, um, and you know, that's kind of another topic and a whole other website, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, thanks for sticking with me tomorrow. Uh, our topic, we will be moving on to the next um, part of our little um, series, and that's going to be the steps that are involved in recovering your marriage after the affair has ended. So at any point along these lines, if you've stopped, you know, let's say the affair stopped at step four, then you'd be moving to recovering, which is these next steps we're going to be over, going over and ending up the month of September. Um, also this weekend, I hope to have a wonderful guest poster, a guest um, a special guest that will post, just like we had last week. We had Jay Lynn. It's just wonderful to, to meet her and, and let you all meet her. So um, thanks again for sticking with and, and hope you will continue to stick with the little series. And we will see you October 1st for our new program. <laughs> thanks. Bye-bye.